The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Happy Monday. Happy 2021. We made it. Oh, I'm so happy to say 2021. That was a brutal year. Hey, do you ever like look back on events last year and be like, man, that feels like two years ago, and this one feels like three months ago? Like, the Mountain West Conference Tournament, honestly, and I'm being dead honest, feels like two years ago. <laughs> yes. I, I was there in like Vegas. For that turn- I was joining you on the show from remote, you know. That feels like two years ago. But, Eric, the Jordan Love season... His final one at Utah State feels like last year. Gary Anderson being let go feels like three years ago now. It's just weird how that kind of works, what 2020 did to our brains. Yeah, it's all scrambled. It's all weird. Uh, and, and you know what? I know there's a lot of people saying, ah, oh, 2020 was rough year. It was terrible, man. It can't get much worse than that. Please don't say that. Please don't curse us. Yeah, don't jinx it. Because it, it could. It, it actually could. Could get worse. We don't need to see that. We we don't need 2021, you know, to uh, or we don't need 2020 just to be the ramp up. Oh, it wasn't Dinwiddie? It was Kevin Durant. What's that? Tomorrow. What about? Din- I mean, Dinwiddie's out for the year, but Kevin Durant's out tomorrow too. Oh, oh, yeah. So Dinwiddie like tore his ACL mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, right? he's done for the year. Durant is NBA's coronavirus health and safety protocol. Ooh, interesting. You know what sucks though is okay. Well, okay, no, 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 no. It doesn't suck because we get to air local high school basketball, which I'm excited about. I love my man, Mr. Newbold, and what he does. But dude, the two games that Skyview has a game on, we don't get to air the Jazz game. And guess who they play? Kyrie Irving in the Nets for the first game, and then Sam Merrill and the Milwaukee Bucks. And we don't get to hear that game on this station. I'm bummed out. And again, I love high school basketball, and I support our Skyview Bobcats. But I would have loved to hear, man. Turn on a 106 on the fan in here in uh, David Locke call the uh, Bucks uh, Jazz game here in Sam Merrill's name. Would have been really cool. That would be cool. But as it is, it is what it is. Hey, uh, how was the uh, New Year? Treat you well? Yeah, it was good. Do well? It's yeah. good. Yeah, uh, extra time with the fam, which was great. Last night, sitting around dinner. Hey guys, uh, you know school starts again tomorrow. Oh, you did that. Did everybody? Did everybody get all their homework and stuff done, all their projects done before? All of a sudden, eyes get as wide as saucers. What? Uh, yeah, Dad, you're uh, supposed to help us out. We're playing NBA Jam. <laughs> Come on, man, be a pal. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's that's always fun. Um, How about for you? Did you I, do the whole fireworks and party? And no, no. The was, little uh, noisemakers? Oh, I think there's a little bit of grandpa's cough medicine. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Actually, I, I had like four bottles of sparkling uh, um, cider or sparkling whatever that is, like the white grape cider. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. man. I gulped all four bottles, just bam, bam, bam. It was so good. Uh, went the to a, whole bottle? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Four bottles in two days. Were you like 
belching like for days. Oh, that stuff is so carbonated. Let's so just bubbly. say I deflated myself very quickly throughout <laughs> the next twenty four hours. But <laughs> yeah, it was good way though. To put that. It was. <laughs> it was great though. It was great. And you know what was the best part about it? Is seeing the Aggies, both ladies and men's, sweep Air Force. Now we are. I mean, we're going to talk about men's basketball, but the Lady Aggies and what Kayla Art's got going on over there. I know we've had her on the show a couple times. Uh, legit, absolutely legit. There's so much swag on this team, and don't expect them to win the Mountain West Conference championship. But they're going to be more competitive than they have been in the last few years. It's the first time they swept Air Force since 2018. It's a big, big sweep for the Lady Aggies. Really, really happy for them. That is good. And, gosh, when's the last time that both teams swept like that? Yeah. No, that's a... Four straight. Yep. Absolutely. We get it. It's a different year and a different schedule, and you wouldn't normally see the same team back-to-back like that. You might see them in January and then again you know, late February or something like that. But still, you know, good performances by uh, by both teams. Uh, dominating performances by the men. Goodness gracious. Just flat hey, so, out domination. Let's have this conversation. And to our listeners, by the way, A, Happy New Year. Uh, B, I'd love to hear their opinion on this. 435-339-0321 to text in. Again, 435-339-03 to text in. Or 0321 to text in. Um, would love to hear your opinion on this because I want to know where Aggie Nation sits in this thought process or thought realm. Utah State has beaten every single team in the Mount West Conference play thus far, and that's only two teams, but they've beat them by double digits. They beat, uh, what was it? They beat San Jose State by like 35, 37 and that were 52 or whatever, and then 37, and then turned around and then beat Air Force by 30-something and then 19 points. Eric, is it the, and to our listeners, I asked this as well. Is it concerning that the margin of victory is getting slimmer and slimmer? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're starting to take a little bit of edge off. I mean, it's still like 20 points or more. But ish. Eric, here's the question, and again, it's to our listeners. Are you... Th- thrilled that we're beating teams this badly or do you say we'll look at the opponent and who it is now on one hand and you brought this up last week it is Air Force but Air Force went and split with Nevada at Lawler Arena in Reno Nevada and then someone else is going to say well you beat San Jose State well San Jose State took uh, Boise State to the buzzard and probably should have beat them they took a bad shot at the end and couldn't get and they couldn't get a defensive board. So the question again well, That's what's so odd. I yeah. So I don't know, is it the Utah State men's basketball team this good? Or is it the first two opponents we played are that bad? Well, and, and San Jose did that without Seneca Knight, because yeah. he already checked himself yeah, out. Yeah, he's already saying, quit. Eh, I'm done. I'm not gonna do this. So and then the other question I have with it, part two, is New Mexico. They got swept by Nevada. Um, they had started off 3-0 and now have lost the last four games. Granted, the first two were to Boise State, the next two were to Nevada. But the sweeping New Mexico, which would get us off to our second best start in school history in regards of conference play at 6-0, would that do anything 
to prove that this team is really, 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 really good? I don't know, Eric. I don't know. Well, yeah, that's just it because New Mexico, I mean, just looking at the standings and the overall record right now, New Mexico's 3-4. and four. They're 0-4 oh in conference play. So uh, San Jose is 0-4, oh 1-6 overall. Uh, Air Force is 1-3 in conference play, 3-5 and five overall. Those are not great teams. No. No. But, uh, and I'll say this with a big but, it, that you know, Utah State, it, it's good for these games to happen for Utah State for two big reasons in my mind. One, to continue to work through your rotations and improve your depth because you never know when coronavirus, contact tracing, or injuries may occur. And two, this helps build momentum and confidence and you come into the San Diego State matchup with a head full of steam. And now that is assuming they can get past New Mexico. I don't want to look, overlook them too much. We have that luxury. We can do that. <laughs> Coaches don't. Players don't. <laughs> but if they can get past New Mexico, they'll be 6-0 and in conference play with a with a, with some good, strong momentum, the wind behind their back, going up against a good San Diego State team. Okay, so here's the final scores for the first three conference games. Again, 107-62, 85-52, That's That's... In the realm of 34.5 point winning margin in the first four conference games. And then, by the way, San Diego State went over there and blew a huge lead to, uh, uh, they were up by what, 27 or something? And in the span of 20 minutes of basketball, blew a lead to Colorado State and, uh, and lost to Colorado State by giving up a four point play. That's incredible. So I think we look at it, and maybe, again, I'm trying to be careful how I am my, of my optimism, but have we beaten two not-so-great teams? Yes. But we've also blown away those two not-so-great conference teams, some of that Boise State and San Diego State, who are picked above us at the Mount West Conference in regards to the preseason pull to finish, that they couldn't do. Right, and I think that's the, that is the good point, and I think that's the important differentiation here. Yes, they beat some bad teams. Yes, they blew them out. But they were supposed to. They yes, should have. Exactly. That's the expectations that they should have. Yes. Bingo. And they did it at home and on the road. So it's not like you just benefited from a lot of home cooking. They had to do it at home and they had to do it on the road. And yes, they are they're not great teams that they went up against, but they took care of business and in a really strong fashion. Whereas some of the other teams might have gotten past them, but Man, it was down to the wire on some of those games. Yeah. Uh, but again, I, I, I'm impressed with this Aggie team. I'm impressed with their focus. I'm impressed with that it doesn't have to be the same guy every single night. We asked the question before the season, who's going to step up when they need the bucket because Sam Merrill's not there? Everybody had that question, you and I included. Brock Miller has been really good so far. Um, it's been a great four-game stretch for him. Started hot, cooled down pretty quickly. He went like uh, he went from going three of four to like three of nine pretty quickly. Uh, Worcester Worcester's been doing it differently. He's been an effect in the of the game in a different way. Keta was incredible. Bean was really really good. Uh, Stephen Ashworth has been a, a just a jump start off the bench. Very solid minutes. Oh off the yeah, bench. and he's so reliable. Yes. Uh, do you have the lines there by chance? 
Uh, for the Saturday game? Yeah. Yes. Give me Keta and Bean, will you? Keta in 34 minutes had 15 points, four blocks, two steals, six assists, and 11 rebounds. Oh. Justin Bean in 33 minutes, 15 points, two steals, an assist, and seven rebounds. Do you remember, and I think we, we tried to answer these questions, but do you remember when people were bagging on Namish Keta at the start of the year? Right, yeah. People are like, oh, I, you know, I wish we had a better year. Keta, he's, He'll he's play overseas. underperforming. Like, everybody expected 20 and 12 out of him every night. 20, 12, and four blocks. Look, that's that's great, but that's that's a rare that's rarefied air to do that. But look, this is a guy who is impacting the game in ways that don't always show up in in box scores. I'm I'm I am pleased, definitely pleased, more than pleased with how Namish Keta is approaching the game this year. Uh, he seems to have uh, he's a, a renewed focus and attention on his defense. Um. Do I wish that he went a little bit stronger to the hole? Sure. Yes. Could he do a little bit more by getting to the free throw line? Absolutely. But he's still a very impactful player for Utah State. Does he have room to grow? Yes. But has he regressed? No. I'm not going to say that. I also have been uh, impressed with with our bench. I think Trevin Doris has been really good off the bench. I think he's improved in so many ways including being physical. He, last year, was the Tony Bradley of the basketball team. Wet his pants when he's on the floor, looked completely <laughs> lost, deer in the headlights, and was soft as the Pillsbury Doughboy's stomach. And he has turned around and toughened up a lot, mentally, emotionally, and physically. I love what Trevin Dorius is bringing off in the backup minutes for Namish Keta. Right. A-, a year ago, there was a real, you know, clench your your teeth and just kind of hold on. Close your eyes. Yeah, and like, I don't it. know what's going to happen in the minutes that Ked is off, off the court. But, um, but yeah, I think that has definitely been addressed this year. Uh, it's Dorius is a really good backup to fill those minutes. Uh, but I want to ask you, I, I was a little surprised just how much run the starters got on Saturday, that we didn't see uh, more guys see the court. And... Uh, uh, for even for extended minutes, it was a shorter bench, a little bit shorter bench on Saturday than it was the previous game, and the starters played more minutes. I mean, it was still a, a healthy game, and Aggies took care of business. But were you a little surprised by that, or is it just me? Of what again? Just that the starters played so many minutes. Yeah, I mean, in another blowout. Yeah. yeah, but I, I mean, they didn't play. As many minutes in the first game against Air Force, right? Like they were, no. they were pretty small minutes in that first game, and so I think you just look, and then and now you don't play for a few days until you go to Lubbock, Texas, to play New Mexico on a Wednesday and Friday, and then you're off until Thursday after that. But you got to get ready for the San Diego State. Um, yeah, just on uh, in the game, the first game against Air Force, nobody played more than twenty five minutes. No starter played more than 25. But uh, on Saturday's game, they all played like 33, 34 minutes. And not nearly as many guys saw action off the bench. Yeah. So I'm just a little surprised at that. Yeah. I don't, maybe it was just a coaching decision. Well, like, we're going to run this a little bit differently. Yeah. And well, and, and 2197. 
2197 just texted in a good point, and, and I actually have an example to this. Uh, the bench played street ball on Thursday. They didn't earn the right to play more on Saturday. Coach Smith was visibly not pleased with them. Do you remember mm. when... Uh, That's a fair point. Was uh, Sahijev, Sahijev, whatever that guy's name is, who comes in and likes to chuck up threes as soon as he touches the ball? That w- the one where he took it just below the half-court line, which is in Steph Curry, I'm in a crazed zone range. And he, I think he barely grazed rim and it like went out of bounds. Smith lost his mind. And then they gave up a couple of offensive rebounds because they didn't box out. One guy didn't toughen up. Uh, they gave up too many drives to the hoop. That is a very, very great point by 2197. That that bench played like hot garbage during their minutes. And here's the thing is that when you're out on that court, you're playing for more minutes. You're in auditioning. The exactly. Because come Mountain West Conference tournament time, you never know when your number is going to be called. Alfonso Anderson was as quiet as could be during the last portion of Mountain West Conference regular season uh, last year. And then conference tournament came up, and guess what? They needed Alfonso big time. And he came through in the New Mexico game late. He came through in the Wyoming game and definitely came through in the San Diego State game. So you just never know when it's going to be you being called upon. And so you going in there and throwing up a 40-footer to graze off the rim and go out of bounds or you getting boxed out by a guy smaller than you doesn't do you any good. And in fact, makes coach wonder, well, what am I going to do when I have to play my guys heavy minutes in a tournament game? No, or that, or went in a blowout. Like, I got to play my guys in a blowout game because my starter or my bench is going to come in and screw it all up. That, that's a great point. That's a great way to send a message to your bench. Look, it's a blowout game, but if you're not going to come out here and play like, you know, what we ask you to do, you're just going to keep spending time on the bench. That's too bad. Yeah, it is. It's really too it bad. It is. I, I would mean, agree We haven't with always that. seen that. We've seen games where the bench gets a lot of run and get a lot of play. Uh, against San Jose, they. They got to play a lot of minutes, and I thought those were good quality minutes. But that's a great point. In the in the garbage time against Air Force, it in that first game, it it wasn't pretty. So it's coaching staff sending him a message. Look, we we're going to run the same stuff. You need to know what we're running and why it works and how you the role that you play within the system. We're not just turning it over and let y'all go out there and do whatever you want. Yeah, it's you've got to go out there and play quality basketball for twenty for whatever however many minutes you're given. Uh, and I'd be surprised if a couple of guys see a lot of minutes if they see any minutes um, here coming up against New Mexico, especially against San Diego State, because I can guarantee you this: if you're up by twenty and you're playing, if you're not playing well in your bench minutes against San Diego State, A, San Diego State's going to reel off a 18-0 run, and they are very capable of doing so, and B, you're going to find yourself not just on the bench, but at the end of the bench for a very long time in Coach Smith's doghouse. He'll find ways. Like The thing is, is yeah, are you winning by 34.5 points average margin in the first four conference games? Yes. But I guarantee you, Coach Smith doesn't go in there and says, all right, guys, let's look at all the rosy plays that we had in the game. He's going to find stuff that he's going to nitpick at and say, (laughs) what are you taking a 40-footer for when we're up by 38? Right. How do we get better? How are you getting boxed up by a guy one foot and two inches smaller than you? 
find way. Uh, yeah, he's just gonna find ways to get better by finding the weaknesses in this team. Look, New Mexico, these games coming up this week, they're on national television, both of them. CBS Sports Network on Wednesday, Fox Sports 1, FS1 on Saturday. These are big games. Uh, Excuse me, Friday. It's Friday, right? Yeah. Um, So CBS Sports Network and FS1. I mean, these are are big primetime, not necessarily primetime, but 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's not prime time. <laughs> but still, it's it's a national broadcast it for is national, a national audience. Pro- and the, New Mexico's been struggling a little bit. They're trying to find themselves. Exactly. This is technically a home game for them. This is you, you can't overlook anybody. Yeah, no, you're you're 100% right. And the other thing to that is uh when's the last time we swept New Mexico? Ooh. I, I need to look that up. I'll look question. that up during the break, but I I'd be kind of interested to see when the last time we, we sweat New Mexico basketball is. Did we do it two years ago? We beat them at our place, or we beat them at their place on Abel Porter's three. Did we beat them at our place too? Uh, I'd have to see, now that. I have to go back. That's and a really look. good question. It. While you look that up, yes. we'll take a timeout here on the Full Court Press. We'd love to get your thoughts about Utah State basketball as uh, they've taken care of business um, so far in the Mountain West Conference. By the way, 2197 gives you an assist saying, yep, two years ago. It is two years ago. Yep, they won both home. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll continue to look at Utah State and the rest of the Mountain West after uh, the weekend that was as conference play is in full swing and the net rankings for the first time released for the NCAA men's basketball. Where does Utah State stand on the list? Other Mountain West Conference schools, I'll be honest, I was shocked to see one of the schools where they were ranked. I think I know you're talking about, too. Um, kind of surprised by a few teams, actually. So mm. we'll update you on that coming up on the Full Court Press. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson, thanks for joining us here hey, on a Monday. Have you seen this Tanya Roberts story? She was declared dead, and then they said, she's not dead. So, yeah, okay, dude, crazy, crazy deal here. Like, yeah, she would, she died at the age of 65, and, uh, and now, like, the publicist guy called TMZ and said, no, she's still alive. But the husband said he had, quote-unquote, Eric, truly believed that Roberts had died. That he was holding her in his arms as she was passing away. What? Dude, something's not right here, man. <laughs> no, that is so bizarre. That's nuts. She was really good in that 70s show, by the way. I was a huge fan of her. Anyways, yeah. I don't know much about her. I just saw the headline. 2021, went baby. went back and forth, and then I guess she was a Bond girl. Takes your breath away and gives it right back. What? Weird. Yeah, no kidding. Um, interesting weekend in the Mountain West Conference. Utah State obviously got their big win, nearly 20 points over Air Force, a 19-point win. Uh, Nimi was a big part of that, 15 points, 11 boards, four blocks. Uh, but there were some, pri- some surprises along the way. As well, Boise State needing a, kind of a last-second shot to beat San Jose, 
87 to 86. They gave up 52 points in the second half. Boise State. So bad. Uh, Wyoming gets past Fresno, 78 to 74. It's a close game there. Uh, Nevada gets uh, beats uh, New Mexico, 84 to 74. And then the shocker. Colorado State beating San Diego State 70 to 67. They were down 26 points. Do you know what's great is when the Aggies beat up on a Mount West Conference team. Do you know what's better is when the Aggies beat up on a Mount Mount West Conference team and then San Diego State loses on the other side. <laughs> That's so hilarious. And and by the way, congrats to Colorado State, new coach. Uh, getting the feel for things, and you're down by 27 to a team that is very well coached, a very good team, on the road at Viejas Arena, and then you find a way to claw back into that game and beat them on a four-point play. Why are you guarding the three like, like, dude, have you not played, like, AAU ball or rec ball or just basic basketball? You don't foul on a three. Contest, but don't foul. A four-point play with 12.3 seconds to go. Uh, the Aztecs opened the game leading 36-10. to 10. I mean, it looked like they were just going to run away with this one. But Colorado State had uh, a couple of different runs. They went on a 14-0 run in the uh, second half. They went on a 19-0 run in the first half. <laughs> so that comeback is the largest in school and conference History. Um, San Diego State missed 16 free throws. So, because of that, largely, I think because of that, and just generally speaking, the type of resume they've put together, Colorado State comes in ahead of San Diego State in the first edition of the net rankings that were released today. And... Uh, Colorado State comes in at number 40. San Diego State, 41. But, Ajay, that's that's not the most surprising thing to me. The, that was surprising to see Colorado State ranked as high as they were. Yeah. But what was most surprising, Boise State coming in at 13. <laughs> oh, boy. But Colorado State lost St. Mary's by 20 points. They don't really have too many other signature wins other than that one against San Diego State. They do play again tonight in San Diego. Oh, they play tonight? Yes. But Colorado State, they have wins over NAU, uh, Santa Clara, Fresno, Colorado State, Pueblo. <laughs> so I'm just I'm a little surprised that their net ranking is as high as it is. Now Boise State, uh, they they've only lost one game, and that was the opener against Houston. They have hmm. won every other game that they've played, which includes a victory. At in Provo over BYU, they beat Weber State in the replacement game that Utah State couldn't participate in. Um, they've beat New Mexico. They've beat San Jose. 
So, Boise State coming in at number 13 in the net rankings. That surprised me that they were ranked as high as they were. I think it's based off the schedule. Well, that they played number 17 Houston, that means a lot. And I think that's the same thing with Colorado State, why they were ranked as high as they were because of their game against San Diego State. Utah State is 85 in the net rankings. Uh, those are the only teams in the top 100 in the Mountain West. Nevada's 145, Wyoming 153, and then you've got everybody else's, are, they're in the 200s, and it's a whole lot of garbage. Not a lot of good basketball in the bottom part of the Mountain West right now. So, we'll see how, I mean, this but week, see, that's, I Utah mean, State's not really going to help their case. Yeah, but here's the thing is that there's not a lot of good basketball at the bottom part of the Mountain West Conference, but guess what? One of those teams nearly beat San Diego State. Or, I mean, Boise State. Sorry. True. So, if they're not that good, but they're competing with Boise State, what does that tell you about our conference as a whole? Now, San Diego State was in the top 25 in the coaches' poll. Obviously, they're not there anymore after losing to Colorado State. Um, they are still receiving some votes, not very many. Boise State's also receiving a few votes. Uh, Colorado State's receiving votes in the coaches' poll. Wow, that's incredible. Hey, uh, speaking of college basketball, the uh, tournament is being moved to Indianapolis. And I went, and you were telling me it's all like it's the entire tournament. 68 teams, one city of madness in Indianapolis. <laughs> I don't know, man. What do you think? Mostly one city. I mean, it's, it's in and around Indianapolis. I like it. I've never been in Indianapolis before, so if the Aggies go, maybe I'll go. Go check it out. See what the city, all the all the uh, hop and buzz is about. Uh, but it'll be entirely in Indiana, all in one state. Um, Dude, so there will be no fans so there, there then, venues, right? Uh, they will allow some fans. So the venues will be in Indianapolis, um, Bloomington, and West Lafayette. Teams will stay in hotels connected to the Indiana Convention Center, which will be used as a practice facility. Final Four site will be at the Lucas Oil Stadium. There where the Colts play. But um, there in Indianapolis, multiple venues will be used, like uh, Banker's Life Fieldhouse. That's where the Pacers play. Hinkle Fieldhouse and Indiana Farmers Coliseum those will be used for tournament games. Mackey Arena in West Lafayette, Assembly Hall in Bloomington also will be used. So it's a way to put a lot of people in a kind of a closer geographic area to make it more confined, kind of a pseudo bubble for the tournament. How many fans did, did it say? How many fans are going to allow? Uh, I think it's just family members. Okay. I like you can't allow a ton of people into those arenas, especially with sixty-eight teams being there. Uh, teams will stay on dedicated hotel floors, abide by social distancing throughout their time in the tournament. A limited number of family members will be permitted to watch games, while other details about fans remain undetermined. Okay, all right. 
Well, that they'll should test, be fun. They'll test the players, the coaches, staff. They'll do regular testing. Uh, they're calling it a controlled environment. Hey, if it worked for the NBA, it can work for college basketball. Students just got to – student athletes and the bat players, the staff, the coaches. Well, it's the, it's the NBA smart. bubble on steroids. Yeah. Is what? How many teams went to the NBA bubble? Twenty. Yes. So yeah. Going to go to sixty-eight. This is. Uh, Oof. It's going to be a tough one. But hey, look! If I mean, if you got the facilities, the hotels and such, and the other part to it that's going to be kind of interesting is, um, that they're having them stay on like separate hotel floors. Yeah, this this floor twelve that all is belongs to Utah State. Floor eleven that's going to belong to Kentucky. That's nuts. Cool. Uh, the other thing they're looking at is the possibility of replacement teams. Oh, so teams, there's a chance yeah. you could be quote unquote on the bubble, yeah. and just out, but somebody tests gets a, an outbreak on their team and they don't allow allow them to participate in this bubble controlled environment in the tournament. And they say, okay, guess what? Looks like you're in. Yeah. <clears throat> That's true. That's true. Could you imagine? Like, you're, you lose the conference championship game. You're getting ready for the NIT. And all of a sudden you get a phone call and it says, hey, uh, so-and-so team has been tested positive for COVID. They're out. You, since you're the runner-up, would you like to go play for them in the tournament? Well, I mean, do you call the NIT and say, "Hey, sorry, got a bit better offer"? What What if it's a higher seated team? See, that, do you move everybody other, else yeah. up. Does a team that, like, if you were a six seed or five seed, and you lost, and to you it. have to go out, how do they replace you with another five seed? Well, yeah, well, that's the, and that's a great point. Is like, if the team you beat in the conference championship game would not have been a five seed, they would have been a twelve seed, and they get in. Do they get the luxury of a of a, a five seed? <laughs> and, and and by the way, oh, that is a man. real possibility. I mean, this thing is it's I mean it's taking over teams at times. You've seen a bunch of games canceled over the weekend. There's a couple more canceled tonight. You don't know. You don't know if it's going to be you. Luckily for the Aggies, I think most of them have been hit with it already. <laughs> Yeah, that could get really interesting. But uh, I like it. I like it. Putting them all into one and saying, hey, you got your own floor in the hotel room. Don't go anywhere else. Indiana, the state of Indiana, will be basketball heaven yeah. for March. Uh, the uh, Division Two men's tournament is going to be held in Evansville, Indiana. Oh, wow. Division Three men's tournament will be held in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So what, so what you're saying is that if I go <laughs> get a hotel in January. You have now. a lot of basketball. To watch. But look, if you were scheduled to host games this upcoming year, was Boise on the on the calendar for this upcoming year? Now you just lost that opportunity? I guess you get kicked into the next year? Or what happens? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so looking at uh, a comment from uh, Mitch Barnhart, he's the chair of the Division One Men's Basketball Committee. He's also the AD at Kentucky. He says, um, 
with the University of Kentucky slated to host first and second round games in March, it's something that directly impacts our school and community. Committee and staff deeply appreciate the efforts of all host institutions and conferences. Look forward to bringing the tournament back to the impacted sites in future years. So, nothing specific. Fun. <laughs> Absolute chaos. It, it's going to be chaos there, by the way. <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? The fact that they were able to try to figure something out to still preserve some go. form of a yeah, tournament is a, a win. Point. Yep, absolutely. And I don't think you'll see a cancellation of the tournament this year. I agree. I think I think it will go forth. Uh, I think from what we've learned on how to handle contact tracing, regular testing, yes, I think outbreaks will still occur. But um, by March, you know, people, other people are starting to get vaccinated. You may see coaches, some head coaches will be in those categories where they would qualify to get vaccinated. I don't know that it's to the general public or college athletes are probably one of the last to be qualified to get those uh, vaccines. But hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood, that we'd see a lot more uh, uh, headway there and bringing numbers down and case counts down. And I think just learning more about how to contain it and test for it and, and and get out get out ahead of any virus spread. I'm with you. I, I think that there were we're very likely to see the tournament play out. Um if they can figure out how to logistically get everybody there and do practices and do games and all those different courts and venues and communities in a somewhat isolated situation and still play the games. Uh, that's a win. Yeah. It is. Again, just having the tournament will be great for us. How they're going to pull that off, though, is <laughs> see if it works. All right. Calling a timeout here on the Full Court Press. When we come back, let's talk about the NFL playoffs. They are now set. Some controversy with the uh, last week of the NFL. But now we know all the playoff. And, you know, I, want, I want to send my condolences to the Patriots and, and all of Patriots Nation. We deserved better, um, and Cam Newton didn't give us that. It's his fault. It's all, only Cam's fault. Oh, he sucked. Eric, you and I could have played better than that. Didn't, didn't, you know, didn't the Patriots know what they were going to get from Cam Newton before No, they, they thought they were going to get Cam MVP Newton? Cam Newton. Not, I'm worried more about my fashion style for post-game press conference, Cam Newton. I feel bad, don't you? That was a few years ago. Why did they think it was all of a sudden magically going to happen? Because he, Bill Belichick turned Randy Moss into Prime Moss, Corey Dillon into Prime Corey Dillon, Ronnie Harrison. Want me to keep going? Uh, You're welcome. That's a fair point. Absolutely. (laughs) Kill Pats. They'll have a January unlike they've had in 20 years. (laughs) January off. That's crazy. That's so weird. He just said it like that. Oh, man. There are college kids who have never not seen the Patriots in the playoffs. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. We didn't make it because Brady injured his knee in game one against Kansas City. We went 11-5, but because we split with the Dolphins... 
we got bounced out of the playoffs. Eleven and five football team in the AFC. That's that's horrible. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, the 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 Washington Redskins or Washington football team gets in because the Eagles decide they want to tank for a fifth pick in the draft. Uh, I'm bitter if you can't tell. Yeah. All right, we'll update you on the standings uh, and what the playoff pairings are now going to be in the NFL. Coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. That's right. If you want to weigh in, we'd love to hear from you as well. 435-339-0321. Or you can message us directly through the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. Free to download wherever you get your apps, depending on the device that you use. Um, but uh, the NFL weekend, we knew that it was some teams had a lot to fight for. Others didn't matter. So consequently, there were actually some interesting games and some that made you want to pull your hair out. Uh, so the uh, one that was kind of interesting, the, the Dolphins kind of fighting for a, a chance and to figure out what their playoff positioning could be. But the Bills didn't matter. They knew that they were going to make it. Uh, they still came and brought the heat, fifty-six to twenty-six over the Dolphins. Uh, the Ravens taking care of business, securing their position over the Bengals, thirty-eight to three. The biggest, uh, one of the bigger surprises were the the Browns beating the Steelers, twenty-four to twenty-two, in their game on Sunday. Um, I know a lot of controversy over what happened with the Eagles. And uh, Washington and their program uh, wanting to go out there and competing to win. Uh, Eagles had opportunities, and then they pulled their guy uh, into just Jalen Hurts has been playing pretty well. Uh, But no, let's pull him out, throw in Nate Sudfield, third string guy. Just to give him reps, just to give him a, a a trophy for participation. It's talked about a lot already today on this station with their other national uh, guys, but really bizarre. Uh, good to see Alex Smith come back out there. Uh, he did throw a couple of picks. He didn't make it easy for Washington to get the win, but uh, still good to see him come out uh, after being injured and, and get back in there and lead his team to another victory. So. Uh, in essence, without going through all the games, this is what we're going to see now in the playoffs. Wild card weekend this weekend. Uh, the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs, they get buys for this week in round one. Um, but uh, in the NFC, New Orleans Saints finish number two, and uh, they will host the Chicago Bears, who finish number seven. That'll be Sunday at about to two, 2.20 our time. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks are number three, and they'll host the the uh, Rams. Uh, same time, two twenty. Uh, except that'll be on Saturday. Excuse me. And then on uh, the other team from the NFC, you've got the Washington Football Team. They secure their spot. They host, even though they're seven and nine, the number five Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's the later game on Saturday, six fifteen our time uh, in the AFC. Buffalo will host Indianapolis Saturday at uh, at 11 a.m. Pittsburgh 
they've kind of limped into the postseason, but they still get the number three spot in the AFC. Uh, they will host the Cleveland Browns. It'll be a repeat of what we just saw this past weekend. Uh, that'll be 6-15 on Sunday. And then Tennessee, they will host Baltimore. Great matchup there. Uh, and that'll be on Sunday at uh, 11 a.m. our time. So, And then the division rounds are the following week. Conference championships January 24th. And the Super Bowl in Tampa on February 7th. Uh, but it, I got to tell you, I got to find this. This was uh, from uh, the the game this weekend, and this is from the Cleveland Browns radio broadcast. This epitomizes how fun the local broadcasts can be for these games, for these teams, especially for those that have have struggled for a long time, and then things start to go their way. And exciting things happen for them. This is Jim Donovan calling the play-by-play as the game comes to a conclusion for the Cleveland Browns after they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers this past weekend. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric Franson with you here on the Full Court Press. AJ did have to sneak out, but uh, speaking of the Aggies, we'll talk about them next hour as well. Blake Anderson filling out his coaching staff with some very familiar names. Some former Aggies will be on the sidelines again. We already know about one of them. His position is a little bit more defined. Other familiar names filling out the rest of the staff. The staff isn't totally uh, announced just yet, but... Some uh, big announcements today by Blake Anderson and his coaching staff. Another standout Arkansas State player is leaving the Red Wolves and coming to Logan. We'll update you on who that is. And uh, more wins here by this coaching staff. Uh, But there is controversy with uh, USU football. It still exists. There is an update on the investigation going into the comments allegedly made by USU President Noel Cockett. Uh, John Hartwell was on the call along with 59 other football players, apparently. Football players have spoken out about it. Noel Cockett has issued a statement. USU Board of Trustees and the Board of Higher Education has also uh, issued statements uh, calling for independent investigations. We do have an update on the progress of those investigations. We'll update you on that coming up next hour as well. You can read about it in the meantime on cashvalleydaily.com. We'll also update you on what's going on with the Utah Jazz. They play tomorrow. Who's going to be on the sidelines? Who's going to be on the other side of the court? There's some updates there. We'll update you next hour. Stick around. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson here with you on a Monday. Boy, very busy weekend. You had the uh, bowl games. You had the uh, NFL final week. Utah Jazz were in action on the road, dropping three-pointers like crazy like they did in the opener at Portland. Utah is undefeated on the road, by the way. Uh, You've got a matchup tomorrow at uh, uh, Brooklyn. Um Because the Skyview Bobcats are also playing tomorrow, we will not have the Utah Jazz game. 
So just be aware of that. Um, but uh, speaking of Skyview, the uh, high school basketball RPR rankings released today. We'll update you on those uh, as well. And uh, a lot of different things to go through today. Um, but uh, I want to get uh, touch on a few more things here with this uh, Philadelphia Eagles debacle over the weekend. Created a lot of controversy. Uh, Jalen Hurts gets benched. They bring in the third-string quarterback just to, quote-unquote, give him some reps because he's earned it. Clearly, they're they're not trying to win the game. They're purposely not trying to make the playoffs, even though they had a chance to do it, still with a very bad record. Uh, 9474 texts in, Carson Wentz is already asking for a trade, and after that bogus coaching decision on Sunday, I'd say that the front office of the Eagles should take a hard look to see if Doug Peterson is cut out to continue as head coach. I think both he and Wentz could be gone this offseason. What do you guys think? Well, I think... You're right. I think it's definitely moving in that direction. It's upsetting a lot of people. Um, the, the, some of those the decisions that were made late. Some are saying, you know, we can't put this on Carson Wentz. Um, Doug Peterson's trying to say, you know, it's not uh, his fault where we're at. We're not where we want to be. But uh, there's several coaches speaking out uh, about uh, you know, purposely losing, doing things to purposely lose. Uh, we heard that the Giants, with some of the comments that they made, but um, Ron Rivera also came out and said, you know, he's not going to apologize for winning. Some people saying, look, strategically, for draft purposes, maybe it's better to lose. Uh, but Ron Rivera came out uh, pretty clear today. He's not going to apologize for winning. Honestly, truthfully, it, 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 it honestly doesn't matter. You play who's out there. I'm not going to apologize for winning. Apparently, that's what everybody wants me to do is apologize for winning. I'm not going to because you play the game as it's set up, okay? Nobody complained when Pittsburgh did what they did last night against Cleveland. I mean, come on. This, this is just the way it is, okay? We got in the playoffs. We're 7-9, and nine, okay? I've been 7-8-1 in the playoffs. I was on an 8-8 eight eight team that was in the playoffs. And you don't apologize for getting into the playoffs, okay? You apologize for losing in the playoffs, at least I believe you do, but you don't apologize for getting in because it's it's been a hard role for us, and 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 nobody seems to care about that. Nobody cared two weeks ago when we didn't have our best some of our best players. Nobody cared last week when we didn't have them. So why should we be concerned if a coach decides to do something he thinks is best for his team? Okay, that's the thing I think people need to understand. This is just the way the game's played. This is just the way things happen. A lot of people are happy about it. A lot of people aren't happy about it. And that's just tough. That's just the way it is. Okay. I mean, so many things have happened in this world that are tough, that are hard. Okay. This is just the game that we're playing and we're going to play the game as it comes to us. And I'm not going to apologize. I'm I'm not. That's just the way it is. (laughs) I love it. It's great. Um, Yes. There's gamesmanship that happens at the end of the year. Uh, Pittsburgh kind of called off the dogs a little bit, um, but still they were trying to go for two, and they were still trying to win the game against Cleveland, not to the degree what we saw out of Philadelphia. But you can sense that it's caused quite a stir among coaches throughout the NFL what the Philadelphia did at the uh, end of the game uh, in the fourth quarter here in their game against Washington. Uh, nonetheless, the playoffs are now set. Uh, we've got games coming up on Saturday. We've got games coming up on Sunday um, as well. So uh, coming up this uh, this week, uh, this weekend starts on Saturday at 11 a.m. on Fox. 
excuse me, on CBS, uh, the Colts are at the Bills at, at 11. At 2.40, it's the Rams at the Seahawks. And then in the evening at 6.15, it's the Buccaneers at uh, at Washington. You know, Tampa's clearly had the better season, just the way that the NFL still runs their uh, archaic way of doing uh, playoffs. Washington is hosting the Buccaneers. On Sunday, uh, the Titans host the Ravens at 11 on ABC. By the way, the Buccaneers in Washington game, that's going to be on NBC. On Sunday on ABC and ESPN, you got the Ravens at the Titans. At 2.40, it's the Bears at the Saints on CBS. And then on Sunday night at 6.15, it's the Browns at the Steelers, a rematch of the game that just played uh, this weekend, although it will be in Pittsburgh instead of in Cleveland. Uh, Pittsburgh has kind of limped into the postseason, uh, but they are still favored by four and a half going to this game uh, this weekend. Um, so most of the games look like they're kind of close in the Vegas lines, except for the Bears the Saints. Saints favored by 10 in this one. Uh, Tampa's favored by eight on the road in their game at, at Washington. So a uh, very interesting weekend to close things out for the regular season. Uh, now we can get into the discussions about rookie of the year, uh, MVP, and things like that, uh, coach of the year and whatnot. Uh, it's also a, a Black Monday as uh, several coaches get their walking papers. Uh, could there be more? I don't know. Uh, but uh, you know, it, the uh, Chargers letting go of their coach, uh, Jaguars letting go of their coach, um, uh, the uh, the Jets got rid of Gase. Um, so uh, there's so far those are the coaching uh, vacancies. There are a few others that still need to be filled because there's interim kind of positions in uh, in Houston and in Atlanta. So uh, it's going to be a very, very interesting offseason. Already uh, some college names are, are being thrown around or some previous uh, college names like Urban Meyer's name is getting brought up again. Uh, so the next couple of days, the next week or so, could be very interesting in the NFL as they try to fill these positions and get in the driver's seat early on trying to find the best new talent, the best new people to coach their programs. Uh, and the other news, too, is uh, John Elway kind of elevating himself, uh, getting elevated within the uh, the Broncos program um, and uh, looking for a new general manager, which, frankly, that's probably the right decision. I mean, uh, he's a well-recognized name, well-respected for what he did as a player. Uh, he kind of worked some magic early in an administrative role with Denver, but they really have struggled for several years now. And so uh, it's time to uh, make a change there and uh, put some of those uh, decisions in somebody else's hands. So interesting to see how that plays out and who they who they find to fill that role. So a lot of changes as soon as the regular season comes to a close in the NFL uh, and the postseason is now set. Um, you've got uh, uh, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs that get the first round by, and the Green Bay Packers uh, get first round by for the uh, NFC. So uh, the NFL is now done for the regular season. You've got the playoffs, which get underway. Wild card weekend this weekend. And you know what? I, I have to give the NFL a lot of credit. There are a lot of people saying that uh, – Late November, early December, saying you know the the NFL needs to look at changing its playoff format because uh, it may need the time to make up games and don't have the first round bye and and uh, seed things differently because uh, we're not sure of games played if we need an extra week to make things up. But uh, 
the NFL through the season, yes, there were a few controversies with how it handled some scheduling and how some teams seem to be favored over others and how games got rescheduled and whatnot. But in the end, all the games still happened. We're able to get to uh, get in and get play, take place. They're able to figure some things out uh, and to and work through coronavirus issues. Some a lot of teams did it better than some. Some teams did not do a very good job of of uh, minding their p's and q's throughout the entire season. But by and large, I think you have to give the NFL credit for how they're able to run things and get through a regular season. Games being played at home venues. Some allowed fans, some didn't, most didn't, but they were still able to uh, pull these games off and have, for some of these venues, have fans in attendance, sell tickets, sell sponsorships, sell concessions. Certainly not to the level that they would normally like to do, but they were still able to pull it off and still get great ratings on TV, have standout performances by individual players and teams, create intriguing storylines from the start to the finish and we're not done yet so the the playoffs are going to go as uh with the current schedule that they've always done um with the wild card games taking place this weekend and uh your number one team's getting a first round bye so um i, I liked it the you know the way they were able to pull it off so they deserve a lot of credit and it's got a lot of other leagues looking at how it's done and how they could do it. The NBA, so far, uh, able to mostly do things okay through their regular season. Uh, they have issued some updated, um, I guess, protocols, if you want to call them, for mask wearing and things like that uh, before as you they get into this new year. Uh, Sham Sharania uh, reporting that there have been a few updates released by the NBA uh, about uh, mask wearing. If you're on the sidelines, you have to wear a mask. All active players who are dressed to play must wear a mask until they enter the game. Now, there's been some times you you see the, the bench, some guys are wearing masks, some guys aren't. You know, they have the separators there, the, the designated seats. They're kind of two different rows. There's a lot of separation already there. But the NBA is saying, look, we're going to be a little bit better, a little bit more strict on this just to be sure, just to be safe. Uh, But if you're on the sidelines, you're wearing a mask. All players, coaches, and staffers must wear masks when you're uh, outside of the team setting um, and indoors. Um, But as soon as you exit the court, if you're on the court and then you exit, you get uh, subbed in and out. As soon as you go onto the sidelines – you uh, strongly recommended to wear a mask in that bench area. Um, the requirement resets at halftime. Uh, and so inactive players still required to wear a mask for the entire game. So uh, NBA trying to come down, uh, maybe a little bit more of a tweak here, with stronger recommendations here that the mask wearing on the sidelines if you're not on the court. Um, just they want to make sure they can can continue this season without disruption. Uh, just a few weeks into it, uh, they've only released the first half of the schedule through the end of February, early part of March. That's when the uh, All-Star break will take place. And uh, they're, they're hoping to be able to get the second half of the season released, if I'm not mistaken, later this month, from what I remember hearing when the NBA announced just their first half. They were, they were hoping to get the second half of the season released 
by the end of January. Um, and just to get things planned out and to continue to get things rolling with, with the NBA. Uh, and coming up, we'll update you. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the Jazz. We'll update the current standings, where the Jazz are at uh, with their games this week. Uh, unfortunately, we've got some high school basketball. They're going to preempt some of these games. Um, but uh, we'll continue to update you as we, we get those games going. Uh, the game tomorrow for the Jazz at uh, Brooklyn is going to look a little bit differently. Uh, two of their top players will not be there. Uh, looks like Kevin Durant is going to be out um, and uh, for a couple of games. Um, and then uh, Spencer Dinwiddie out for an extended period of time because of he, he tore his ACL. So uh, that's, a, that's a pretty big blow to the Nets, who started off really hot, and then they've kind of cooled off a little bit. Washington beat them uh, just the other night. So um, anyway, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more here on the Full Court Press. Uh, some news coming up about uh, Utah State football coaches, some names, some very recognizable names named to the, uh, the to Blake Anderson's football staff um, and uh, the, um, the current uh, the, the bowl situation in college football. We now know who's going to be playing for the national championship and uh, the, the, the lead-up to it maybe wasn't as exciting and as entertaining as we had hoped with uh, the semifinal games, but... Uh, one, before we get into that, the RPI rankings have been released for the first time for this season for high school basketball, and uh, for both the boys and the girls throughout the state of Utah, Utah High School Activities Association has released the RPI for all classifications, and for the boys basketball in Region 11, it, it's kind of, their teams are scattered throughout the, the uh, top 21, or the 21 teams that are involved. Uh, for girls basketball, it's interesting. There's a big grouping of all together. They're very tight uh, together with their with their rankings. So very different for the boys and the girls in the first round of RPI rankings. Uh, you can see the rankings uh, uh, written about it on Cash Valley Daily. You can see the the rankings as they are and what the schedules are for this week. Very busy week for high school basketball. But uh, Skyview tops the boys with the number five uh, ranking overall coming into the first. Uh, rankings of the season, and um, they trail uh, some three teams from uh, Region 9. So really good basketball being played in Southern Utah. Uh, Crimson Cliffs is number one. Desert Hills, number two. Juan Diego, number three, coming out of Region 10. And then Snow Canyon at number four. By the way, Dixie is at six and Cedar at eight. So uh, a lot of teams from Region 9, some really good basketball happening in Southern Utah early on in the season. But Skyview, they're six and one uh, on the season so far. They've had a good, uh, good uh, schedule, um, and uh, they, they've beaten some pretty good teams like Preston, who's a, a reigning uh, perennial power in the 4A ranks in in Idaho. Uh, they've had a really good season of trying to figure out who they are without uh, Mason Falslove. A lot of size on that team, but you know, who's going to be initiating a lot of the offense? Who's going to keep things going for them? Uh, Isaac Larson, a big defensive presence for them as well as he's joined their squad. So the Skyview off to a pretty good start uh, for their season so far. Um, Logan off to a really good start at six and one uh, on the season. Actually, they're six and two. They went and lost to uh, Preston on Saturday. Uh, so interestingly enough, the uh, the RPI from the state, doesn't appear to factor that loss into their rankings because the UHSAA has Logan at six and one, 
Um, so it doesn't look like they've uh, taken into account their loss in Preston. But nonetheless, Logan at number seven in the rankings. They've had some nice wins uh, for their season so far. Green Canyon, the other team from Region 11, in the top 10. They come in at number 10. And that's important to stay in that top 10 because of the way that these uh, uh, the, the, the first start of the playoffs begin for the UHSAA when these playoffs happen later in February. So these teams want to try to stay in the top 10 if they can. Uh, but uh, right now, three teams from Region 11 in the top 10. Green Canyon coming in at number at, uh, at number 10 with a 6-4 and four record. Started out uh, uh, pretty well, kind of hit a roadblock in the middle of the season, um, and uh, their young season, I should say, and then picked up a couple of nice wins in their tournament up in Idaho Falls. And uh, some of those were really close finishes. So uh, interesting to see if this Green Canyon team has turned a little bit of a corner here, learning how to win close games. A couple of those uh, victories of just one point. So very close finishes for the Wolves in their tournament up in Idaho Falls last week uh, during the break. Um, and then at number 12 is Bear River in the rankings. They're 6-4. and four. They started off uh, 3-0 and in their uh, classic. Um, it, they started off the year. Uh, and then they've kind of alternated wins and losses since then. So they're 6-4. and four. Ridgeline comes in at 4-6. and six. Now, that's a team that was without one of their key players, Caden Cox, earlier in the year. Uh, he was the quarterback for the Riverhawks who broke his leg during their playoff matchup in football against Skyview. But uh, he's been out for several weeks, uh, almost two solid months, uh, but uh, was able to rejoin the team for their tournament this last week in the, down in Juan Diego and uh, helped his team be a little bit more competitive in those games and then get a win at the last game that they played down there. So uh, see if that uh, means that, that Ridgeline is turning a corner, perhaps, as they get uh, ready for region play. And then at number 19 in the rankings is Mountain Crest. Mustangs struggling in their season so far, a very young season for them uh, at 1-5. and five. Uh, They've had several of their games get canceled, some of them kind of last minute because of coronavirus, and uh, most of it because of their opponents. Uh, it's not their fault. Some of the games that they would have had on the schedule that would have helped them, and I think were very winnable games, got canceled because of coronavirus in the locker room of their opponents. So, unfortunately, Mountain Crest is struggling at uh, one in five uh, through the uh, the the first uh, six weeks or so of the uh, basketball season for uh, high school basketball. Uh, our uh, in Box Elder County in Brigham City. Uh, in the uh, 5A ranks, Box Elder comes in at number 28, struggling at just 0-8. They haven't been able to win a game just yet. And in 1A, uh, Rich is at number 8 as they're 3-3 three and three on the young season. Uh, and like I said, the girls, kind of a different story. They're all bunched together in the uh, the first round of the RPI rankings from the UHSAA. Skyview, Ridgeline, Green Canyon, and Mountain Crest, all back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Skyview at number 3. Ridgeline 4, Green Canyon 5, and Mountain Crest coming in at number 6. Logan at number 9, and Bear River at number 11. So all the Region 11 teams playing very well and uh, scoring well with the the type of teams that they've played in their non-region and how well they've performed in those games. So uh, all but one of the teams in the top 10 with Bear River just on the outside looking in. Uh, Box Elder coming at number 8 in 5A in girls basketball. 
They're at uh, five and three so far, and in the one uh, A classification, Rich is at uh, two and four. Uh, but uh, not to be left out, not to be uh, forgotten, the uh, the teams in Idaho that we're keeping an eye on, uh, Preston and Westside, uh, their their seasons, their young seasons so far. Preston uh, is uh, is is doing well. They've got a couple of losses, however, here recently. They started off really strong at five and zero, winning all of their games. But uh, since then, they have lost to the Skyview Bobcats. They've lost to Valley View, and they lost to Middleton. So uh, Preston has kind of hit a little bit of a wall here these last uh, few weeks. Uh, in for uh, West Side in the two A classification, they're four and one, um, and uh, so they're they're doing well. Uh, for for the girls, uh, Preston girls basketball team doing really well. One of the best teams in four A, eleven and three record. Two of those losses only one point apiece. So. Uh, looking very good for their young season as uh, as they get ready for their region action. Um, and in two-way, Westside is only 2-8 and eight as they've gotten their young season underway and kind of struggling in their, their season so far. So RPI rankings, what the schedules look like this week for high school basketball. You can read about it on cashvalleydaily.com. You can find uh, the links to listen live wherever you may be. There are radio station partners that are going to be broadcasting these games uh, and see what that full schedule looks like. Oh, a full week this week of non-region play. Uh, some of these teams will have uh, one more game uh, early part of next week that's out of region, and then at the tail end of the week, next week, is when region play really gets uh, gets going uh, for the, the Utah schools, Thursday for the girls, Friday for the boys, and uh, kind of similar for the Idaho schools as well. So, uh, that's the update of what's going on. Because of the uh, the uh, Skyview game tomorrow, uh, we will not have the Utah Jazz game. Skyview is going to be at, uh, hosting Bonneville tomorrow night. That game will be at 7. So uh, I know the Jazz game starts earlier than that, but we don't want to j- have the Jazz game going and being in the fourth quarter and then preempt it, uh, and then you not know how the game is going to end. So we'll p- provide updates throughout the night here on the Full Court Press. And then Hurricane John Newbold, We'll provide the uh, final updates as the Skyview Bobcats finish out the uh, get their game going as Utah Jazz game concludes in Brooklyn. Uh, Skyview taking on Bonneville tomorrow. We'll have that full pre- uh, play-by-play starting at about 6.45 with the pregame and the 7 o'clock tip. All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, some coaching changes or uh, coaching announcements, I should say, for Utah State football. Some very familiar names included on that list. And speaking of uh, football, the controversy about uh, Frank Miley and comments made, allegedly made, by President Noel Cockett may be kind of approaching a resolution uh, this week. At least there will be some conversations, very high-level conversations, taking place this week. We'll update you on that progress coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Uh, Yes, in fact, Doug Gottlieb. In his promo there, Notre Dame did participate in the Rose Bowl, though maybe they would have hoped that they they wouldn't. But you know what? Uh, give them some credit. Defensively, they held Alabama way below their averages. 
they made it tough on Alabama to do what Alabama normally likes to do. But uh, Alabama took care of business 31-14 to over the Irish. They advanced to the championship, and it'll be Ohio State waiting for them. Uh, Ohio State took it to Clemson, and a uh, big first half for the Buckeyes. Um, and uh, their their defense was outstanding. Uh, offense was even better, uh, even with an injured quarterback. So, um, yeah, this 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 could be an interesting championship game. It's just, you know, the same players keep rotating through. I guess you know that's maybe good on one hand because they're recognizable programs that have large national followings. It's decent for ratings, but. Kind of boring in my mind personally. I'd like to see a little variety, but uh, you know, until Al- somebody can knock off Alabama consistently, they're always going to be there and be in the hunt. Same thing with Ohio State, and certainly the last several years, Clemson has been in that mix. Credit to Notre Dame. A lot of people were trying to bag on uh, Notre Dame, but look, they uh, they played well in the, throughout the regular season. Uh, they had a great defense, uh, and they were able to uh, get into the college football playoff. They deserve to be there. Uh, Georgia beat Cincinnati, unfortunately, in the Peach Bowl. Kind of came down to the wire that uh, Cincinnati defense was good until the fourth quarter, and uh, Georgia was able to uh, get that long field goal at the end to, uh, to to put them up and to seal their victory over Cincinnati, unfortunately. Um, Northwestern took it to Auburn. Auburn didn't really belong in the in the Citrus Bowl, but there they were. They were there anyway. Uh, Texas A&M with a big win in the Orange Bowl over North Carolina. Iowa State took it to uh, Oregon, 34-17. to That's another one of those cases where in the Fiesta Bowl, look, t- there were several uh, highly ranked teams that did not get the same opportunity to go to a big bowl game. But because we have to honor and, and give the Pac-12 a seat at the table, and we have these old notions of uh, conference affiliations and Got to keep the money within the power programs. Let's throw in a lower-ranked Oregon team and instead send uh, the these higher-ranked group of five teams to you know, mediocre bowl games that nobody really pays attention to. Nonetheless, Iowa State got the job done. Um, another big uh, uh, bowl game, you know, Georgia uh, beating up on uh, – um, not we already talked about that one. There was the uh, um, uh, Florida over Oklahoma. I know we talked about this a little bit last week, but – that's probably one that stood out to me perhaps the most in some of these bowl games that took place this last week. But uh, we've got the uh, the championship set now. It's going to be next Monday, Ohio State and Alabama. It'll tip off at 6 o'clock on ESPN. Uh, the early uh, line from Vegas, for those that follow the, for entertainment purposes only, uh, Alabama currently favored by 7.5. And they're predicting a lot of points will be scored in this one. Um, two teams that have very good offenses, probably right. I'd probably be inclined to take the over on that one. But uh, that's coming up next Monday at 6 o'clock on ESPN. Um, had a, a text come in from uh, 9315. Can you tell us what new players USU has in football and what staff has Anderson has uh, does Anderson have in store so far? Um, yeah, so there are, we talked about this last week. There was transfer news that uh, uh, Logan Bonner, 
quarterback from Arkansas State with two years of eligibility would be leaving Arkansas State and coming to Logan to participate with the Aggies. Don't know how that fits in with the other quarterbacks that are there, but maybe this uh, gives you a little bit of a clue who may have the inside edge because uh, one of uh, Logan Bonner's top targets at Arkansas State has announced that he is leaving the Red Wolves and he too will be coming to Logan. That's wide receiver Brandon Bowling. Um, he uh, announced on Twitter earlier today he's going to be transferring. He does have one more year of eligibility, um, and uh, they will be here in the spring, so they can be here for spring ball. Um, but uh, you know, Kyle Cephalo, the wide receivers coach at Arkansas State, he's getting work done, and he's a guy that has produced some pretty amazing wide receivers. Uh, Sunbelt Offensive Players of the Year, several of them, have been wide receivers from Arkansas State. So uh, kind of excited to see what he's been able to do. He got uh, Devin Tompkins to come back as well. Um, so uh, the, the, you know, um, this uh, bowling, he was, uh, he had to, um, five, where is it? Sorry, just had 39 receptions, 507 yards uh, receiving, uh, seven touchdowns. So a good target. Certainly, he's going to have some familiarity with the quarterback. I don't know that that necessarily means that that puts uh, Logan Bonner in the driver's seat to be the the starting quarterback coming into the 2021 season. But um, certainly, that that coaching staff is going to have some familiarity with him, and they're giving him a a, a familiar target to throw to. But I, I hope for for their sake, for the entire team's sake that they give Andrew Peasley and the other guys a legitimate shot to try to still be the starting quarterback coming into the next year just to help save that uh, locker room and give them some credibility after all that's happened over this past year. But as far as the coaches are concerned, back to the, the original question from 9315, there are some coaching announcements today. Now, we already knew that Chucky e. Keaton was going to be joining the staff, but uh, Blake Anderson in his introductory press conference didn't exactly know how Chucky Keaton would be positioned. He had some other guys that he was talking to to fill out his staff, and he wasn't exactly sure where Chucky would would land. But it became official today. Uh, Chucky Keaton will coach running backs. Um, And uh, Keaton, standout quarterback for USU. He does have five years of experience on the coaching um, he uh, is in last two seasons. He was a grad assistant at Texas Tech. Uh, he spent a year as a grad assistant at USU back in 2018. Uh, he spent time as an offensive quality control assistant at Oregon State, and was a grad assistant at uh, Oregon State in 2017 as well. So mostly as grad assistant type of positions for Chucky, but he's been doing it for five years or so now. So now he has an opportunity to be a position coach. And uh, from uh, the release today from Coach Blake Anderson, says you couldn't ask for a better ambassador of Aggie football than Chucky Keaton. He understands our culture as well as anyone and has invested a great deal into this program as both a player and coach. Chucky will bring great energy and knowledge of the offensive side of the football and his familiarity with the state of Texas from a recruiting standpoint is an added bonus to the future success of our program. So uh, that's exciting news. It's kind of 
little more definitive position for Chucky. But then these two other names, two other people were named today officially to different positions within the USU football program, including DJ Tialavea. Um, he's uh, going to be coaching tight ends at Utah State. I loved DJ Tialavea. Uh, I loved the, uh, the the nastiness he brought as a tight end. He was a converted defensive end to tight end, and it worked out great. Um, he uh, worked out as a, as a great receiving tight end. He wasn't just a, a nasty blocker on the on the line, which he could be, but uh, he developed into a great uh, target, a great uh, receiving tight end uh, for the Aggies. Eventually found his way to the NFL, played for a few years at the NFL level, um, but now he's uh, coming back to Utah State. Uh, he spent the 2020 uh, season as an offensive graduate assistant uh, helping with tight ends, and now he will be the tight ends coach for USU. Uh, four-year letter winner for the Aggies. He was a three-year captain for Utah State. Um, so uh, he uh, was part of those that that uh, great team that had the turnaround uh, with Gary Anderson uh, in the Western Athletic Conference and uh, had a great career at Utah State. Then went on to the NFL uh, for for a few seasons. Uh, but uh, good to see DJ Tialavea. Love, love that connection. Uh, we're coming back to Utah State. He gets an opportunity to be a position coach. And then the other name, the other guy that's a familiar name for those that have followed Utah State for a while, Al Lapuahu, joining Utah State. He'll be the defensive line coach. Uh, he was a standout player for the Aggies, but uh, he spent last year as a strength and conditioning graduate assistant. In 2018 and 19, he was a defensive graduate assistant working with the defensive line. So he's been working with that unit, and he will get the job as the uh, position coach. Um, but uh, he was a uh, part of a team that he was just there not too many years ago, part of that uh, 2018 squad that won 11 games and uh, won that bowl game against uh, uh, North Texas. So um, he was... Uh, he also spent time as a defensive grad assistant up at Oregon State in 2016 and 17 under Gary Anderson. Uh, he worked uh, specifically with the defensive line. So he's had some experience uh, at Utah State and uh, in the Pac-12 uh, as kind of similar to Chucky Keaton. They've been in Power 5 programs. They've been a, a part of some uh, bigger leagues, and they get to bring that experience back to Utah State. So uh, Coach Blake Anderson – putting his staff together, and uh, getting some interesting players to come to Utah State. Uh, the bigger crop of players that for this uh, uh, recruiting class, probably not going to hear more about that until the uh, first part of February. With that, uh, uh, We had the early signing period in December, but the National Letter of Intent signing period is the early part of February. And he said all along, look, it's not how we start, it's how we finish. And it's not uh, the names, uh, the number of names that get announced in early signing period. It's the number of names at the end. But uh, he's been able to pick up a few uh, uh, transfers. He's been able to secure uh, a few early recruits. And uh, his his uh, staff is busy out there trying to get the right kind of players together for what they want to do uh, in their style of offense and defense coming up for this uh, upcoming season. So kind of exciting to see what this staff is going to look like and uh, what the players coming in are going to look like. Uh, we still don't know the defensive coordinator officially, uh, but uh, I think we've got some pretty good ideas. That, that team that 
was going to come from is now done uh, with their bowl game. So uh, that that should be happening soon. Uh, and the strength and conditioning coach, which he was very excited about, that has not been made official yet either. So still a few positions left unfilled formally uh, for the Utah State Aggies and, uh, and, and Blake Anderson. Uh, one other question from 9315. Uh, what do we think of the men's basketball games that were played at Air Force? Uh, yeah, wow. Dominating performances in both games by the Aggies. Uh, starters played a little bit more in the second game than they did the uh, first game. Um, so a little surprised at that, that the bench didn't get more play, though. Uh, I think uh, the the way that the bench played in garbage time in the first game probably is the reason why they didn't get much time in the second uh, against the Air Force Academy. But still really impressed with uh, Nimi, the way he is locked down the paint, uh, blocking shots, grabbing rebounds, affecting shots. Uh, I thought Bean has played really well. Uh, Steven Ashworth off the bench has played well. Trevin Dorius, whenever Nimi takes a break, has looked really solid. Uh, Brock Miller has come alive these last two weeks, and uh, certainly that's something that the Aggies really, really need. There's so much better team when he hits from the outside and has that threat. Um, so, yeah, really impressed to see how they've started the season so far. And if you missed it earlier, uh, the NCAA net rankings were released for the first time this season, and Utah State comes in at number 85. Um, they've they've played um, you know several uh, quad one and quad two games, uh, but they haven't been able to get any victories in those games. Uh, they're one and zero in quad three. They're five and zero in quad four, but they're zero and three in quads one and quadrants one and two against the type of competition that they play. Uh, Boise State, kind of surprising, coming in at number 13 uh, to start the uh, kind of early in the season as these uh, net rankings are released. Uh, Boise State is a number 13 team. They are 1-1 one one in quad one games. That probably has a big part to do with it. Colorado State coming in at number 40 in these uh, rankings, net rankings. San Diego State at 41. Colorado State's come from behind victory at San Diego State has a lot to do with where they are ranked because the rest of their resume really isn't that strong. But Colorado State was down 26 points early in the first half uh, at San Diego. Uh, they do play again tonight. It's the second game uh, of their um, of their uh, series is taking place tonight. Uh, that game tips off at 7 o'clock. And you can see that game actually on FS1 uh, tonight. San Diego State is favored by eight. Will the Rams be able to have pull off their magic again, or will San Diego State clamp down and secure their position? Uh, but uh, that means uh, that was uh, San Diego State's first conference game. Uh, Colorado State is 3-0 and in conference play. San Diego State 0-1. A uh, couple other games in the Mountain West going on tonight. Wyoming is at Fresno State. That's at 7 o'clock tonight. And 7.30, uh, Benedictine uh, is uh, I guess it's a, uh, a lower division college team. Uh, they're playing San Jose State tonight. I guess that's probably a, a makeup game from previous, but uh, those are the games going on tonight throughout the Mountain West. Uh, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, let's get into the NBA. Utah Jazz with a big win last night on the road at San Antonio. Jazz looking that good or San Antonio just looking that bad? And what are the other uh, current standings in the NBA? Their opponent tomorrow is looking very different. Uh, we'll update you on the, the health 
uh, of who's who will and who won't be on the other side for the Utah Jazz. That's coming up next here on the Full Court Press. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. By the way, happy birthday, Utah. State of Utah turns 125 years today as an official state of the Union. In the Union, I guess I should say. Uh, There's going to be some fireworks tonight, I guess, down at Willow Park. There's going to be some special broadcasts starting at 6.30 on uh, just about any main channel out of Salt Lake. Um, So fireworks shows are going to be taking place in all 29 counties starting at 7.30. So wherever your county seat is in the state of Utah, that's where uh, fireworks are going on. So in Logan, it's going to be in Willow Park. Uh, they're also going to be taking place in Brigham City. So when you see the fireworks going off, don't think it's some weirdo that uh, didn't realize today is not the 1st or 31st. Um, news today out of Utah State University. We know that there's been an investigation called for by the USU Board of Trustees, by the Utah State uh, um, Board of Higher Education, which used to be known as the Board of Regents. Frank Miley has also called for an investigation, but these two other entities are are doing independent investigations. Uh, they are those investigations are actually working together. They're external investigations. It's not an internal investigation going on uh, regarding alleged comments made by Noel Cockett when USU football players wanted to meet with her specifically because they felt like the athletic department was not hearing their concerns and they'd lost uh, some respect for what was going on in the in the athletic department over some things that had taken place over the last six months. So they wanted to speak specifically with Noel Cockett to express their concerns that Frank Miley didn't seem to be getting a fair shot at being the, the full-time head coach, not just the interim head football coach. And uh, allegedly during that conversation, Noel Cockett asked some questions that the players felt illustrated some religious and cultural bias toward Frank Miley. The players got together um, when it appeared apparent that, that uh, according to a lot of social media uh, traffic on uh, Thursday that USU was officially going with Blake Anderson and Frank Miley was definitively out of the race. Then they got together Friday morning with the whole team, explained the situation, and uh, allegedly unanimously voted to boycott their season finale at Colorado State. Uh, That uh, launched a lot of uh, speculation, what was going on, a lot of controversy, and so that uh, that weekend, the USU Board of Trustees said, hey, look, we have to look into this. We're going to launch our own independent investigation. And then a few days later, for the early part of the following week, the, US, the Utah Board of Higher Education said, we too are going to launch an investigation. Now, these we've since found out and learned, according to a report on CashValleyDaily.com, that these two independent investigations are actually working together rather than doing their own thing separately. They're working together in concert to try to get to the bottom of what happened and to come up with the 
I don't know, a recommendation or a solution for for uh, what should take place next. Uh, what, what kind of discipline, if any, should take place? Uh, but according to a university a university spokesperson, the USU Board of Trustees has a special meeting planned for tomorrow morning. Now that meeting is tentative, according to the spokesperson, and contingent on the board receiving the review today. Uh, the Utah Board of Higher Education will receive the review at the same time, and they also could be scheduling a meeting to discuss it. So there's a chance we might get some resolution to this um, and these alleged comments later this week, uh, maybe even as early as tomorrow. But um, they're trying to talk to a lot of players to get the their feel for what happened, uh, talk to Noel Cockett and to John Hartwell. The, the meeting was not recorded. I think that's the big issue here. So they have to talk to a lot of people to see what was uh, and corroborate what was said and what it means. Uh, USU has retained Stoll Reeves, uh, Reeves to conduct their external in, uh, review. Uh, the Board of Education has retained Ray, Quinney, and Nebaker to conduct their external investigation. So you can read more about it on cashvalleydaily.com. Uh, Coming up next, some news about the Utah Jazz and who they will and won't be facing tomorrow in Brooklyn. Stick around. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. He has tested negative here in the last three days. Uh, Listen, he had close contact uh, to somebody who tested positive. And it puts him right back into that protocol. You know, he continues to have the antibodies uh, in his system, I'm told. Uh, that is Adrian Wojnarowski reporting on Kevin Durant, who will be uh, in the NBA protocol, to, and he'll have to miss a couple of games because he came in close contact with somebody who tested positive. He will miss a couple of games, which includes a game tomorrow against the Utah Jazz. Uh, Jazz are in Brooklyn tomorrow. We unfortunately will not have that game because Skyview Bobcats play, and that uh, that takes precedence over the Utah Jazz. But um, the Brooklyn Nets are also without Spencer Dinwiddie, who tore his ACL, and he will be out for pretty much the remainder of the season. So uh, Brooklyn started off hot, uh, but they've uh, lost a couple of games here late. Uh, they're three and four. Uh, meanwhile, the Jazz kind of been up and down this season, but they're undefeated on the road, and they took care of business last night against San Antonio, dropping bombs from outside left and right. Boyan Bogdanovich was 6-for-7 from beyond the arc. Royce O'Neal, his outside shot finally started to fall as well. He was 3-for-4, and the Utah Jazz cruised to, uh, to a victory, 130-109. to And uh, good win for the Jazz. Good to get uh, things flowing. George Niang finally got a bucket. He's been scoreless through the start of the season. It took a a little layup for him to finally get on the scoreboard in 2020-2021 season. Um, Hopefully he's better than than that Uh, coming off the bench. Jordan Clarkson continues to play really well for the Jazz. Uh, Derek Favors, solid off the bench. So a really good game for the Jazz. Mike Connolly continues to just be the the Mike Connolly we'd hoped that he would be for Utah. And uh, 15 points, four assists, a steal, just some solid basketball while he's on the court running the the, the ship. 
and uh, just calm and collected, helping this Utah Jazz team come together. He and Rudy Gobert have been the most consistent. Uh, Rudy, not his best scoring nights, but uh, uh, six blocks, 16 boards, very solid performance again by Rudy Gobert. So they embark on this very long uh, road trip, and uh, some of these games we will have here on the fan, but some of them will get preempted uh, because of Skyview High School basketball. So just uh, keep that in mind. Uh, Skyview does take precedence over the Jazz, but uh, otherwise we'll have those uh, games here on the fan, the new home of the Utah Jazz. That's going to do it for us tonight here on a Monday. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you back here again tomorrow.